Have you ever gotten lost? Remember, as a kid camping at a campground, there was a large cornfield, and a bored 10, 11 years old, I wandered into it, got lost for about half an hour, found my way out. Now, the only time I get lost is when I go to Menards or Walmart with my wife, and it's me who wanders off. So I always make it a point that we have our cell phones. Where are you? Okay. Have you ever lost something of great value? Yes, I remember a senior in high school, I lost my class ring and lamented it into my Lovely wife, uh, she did some extra, um, sold some extra uh, uh, sewn goods and uh, got me my class ring back. What was something, or what is something that you're willing to find if you lost? Have you ever done that? Searched around the house for a lost ring, maybe a watch or something else in value. Or if you lost something, let me say this, or maybe it's something I'm willing to let go so I don't mind losing it, All right? Um, Rich Dirch and Scott Mitchin um, had a unique career. They lived in northern Wisconsin off the shores of Lake Superior, uh, but they also scuba dived. And two or three times a year, they'd go into the Caribbean and they'd hope to find some great sunken treasure. So they practiced their scuba diving skills in the, the north uh, shores of Lake Superior off the shores of Wisconsin. They wanted to hone their skill to go to the Caribbean and find their great treasure. But the treasure they desired was much closer to home. So off those shores of Lake Superior, there are a number of sunken logs from logging business decades and years ago. And those logs sat in cool, rich, oxygen-dense water for decades. And Rich and Scott bought the right to those logs for $45 because they wanted to be able to scuba dive to go down to the Caribbean to find their treasure. But they didn't realize what they had. As they pulled the logs offshore... They looked at the wood and began to cut it open, hoping to dispose of the logs, but they found that that wood, after years in that cold, dense oxygen, became very beautiful, and they began to advertise it on eBay and other sites. And they soon began to discover that every log they had was worth $45,000. People from around the world wanted that wood. It made ornate instruments and beautiful furniture and trimmings in elegant buildings. Each log then sold for nearly $45,000. The bananas they got for their mere paltry $45 of buying those logs so they can practice their scuba diving skills came to a $200 million bonanza. What was once considered lost, those lousy logs, became something very valuable. Hence, can we say it together? One man's junk is what? Now, I don't want you to consider losing something, something valuable that you lost and you lament it, much like my class ring. But rather, how about if we say this? What we lose is something that we don't consider valuable that really is valuable. For example, Zacchaeus. We all know the story of Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man. He climbed up a sycamore tree. For Lord, he wanted to see, remember Zacchaeus? And Zacchaeus probably wasn't as lost as some people had thought. He went up the tree because he wanted to see who? And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down for today. I'm going where? To your house. See, Zacchaeus wasn't valued much. The crowds considered Zacchaeus a tax collector and a cheat and a turncoat. The only thing you're about is overcharging me with your taxes. And the Pharisees, who were self-righteous, deemed him worthless. He was nothing more than a trash can liner to him. And in many ways, 
He was not worth much. He was something that was lost, but nobody really cared. But Jesus cared about him. So Jesus went to his house and proclaimed mercy and grace. He was a lost sheep who became found by Jesus and very valuable. Not that he was valuable in and of himself, but he's very valuable because Jesus gave his life for him. Something that is lost, I'm not talking about something we consider valuable, something that is lost is very valuable because it's considered of great worth like from someone else. Hence, one man's junk is what? Another man's treasure. That's what people thought about Zacchaeus. There's reasons why um, Jesus tells parables of a lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost son. And today, Palm Sunday, we go back to our Lenten theme of the parables of Lent and Easter. Remember, a parable is an earthly story for heavenly what? And parables are really iron fists and velvet gloves. Whenever Jesus tells a parable, someone's getting their lunch handed to them. Whenever Jesus tells a parable, someone's getting hit with an iron fist and a velvet glove. And Jesus tells a series of three parables. One is the lost sheep. Ninety-nine are found, so Jesus goes and tries to find the what? There's a hundred coins, ninety-nine are found, but one is what? There's a two brothers, one is faithful, and the other goes and squanders his father money. So Jesus tells a series of three parables to the Pharisees. Why? Well, first of all, the Pharisees can't stand shepherds. They're low lives. They're like Taco Bell taco makers. They're like people who pick up our trash or our refuge. They're like those workers who are with a correction institute. Jesus tells these parables to the Pharisees. First of all, they can't stand shepherds. And then he tells a parable of the lost coin. Now, who goes find the lost coin? Anyone remember? The woman does. And Pharisees don't think much of women. Then Jesus tells a parable about a younger brother who ruins his father's wealth by squandering it. And Pharisees can't stand for family members who embarrass their fathers. Jesus tells these parables because to Pharisees, all these groups are junk. But to Jesus, they are great treasures. There's a reason that Jesus tells these parables to Pharisees. Because what one person considers junk and lost, Jesus considers a great value. Jesus is despised because he's sitting with who? Sinners, and they're a lost cause. Why are you spending time in Zacchaeus? Why are you worried about those logs? What do you care about the lost sheep or the lost coin or the younger brother who was foolish with his money? What do you care about them? And what does Jesus care for them? Because he loves them dearly. He cares for them. And before we continue about lost sheep, let's bring this up. Who really is lost? And notice I have a picture of a what? If I know who's lost, take a look in the mirror. Because you and I, we might see ourselves and say, I'm not that sinner with that group of people. Those are tax collectors and prostitutes and cheats and lowlife. I'm not one of them. I'm not like Zacchaeus who rips off people. But if we're honest with ourselves, we too would sit at the seat of sinners. Maybe our sin is pride and arrogance. Maybe our sin is lust. Maybe our sin is idolatry. Maybe our sin is jealousy and envy. Or maybe we're just sneaky sinners and never get caught. Or maybe our sins have affected others greatly. Or maybe we're just like the normal, typical of the mill run sinner. Either way, we are all lost. We said so at the beginning of our service. If we say we have no sin, we what? 
deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The reality is that we're all sinners and we're valuable not in and of ourselves. We're valuable because our great Lord comes and he searches for us. He brings us his mercy and grace. And so today we celebrate Palm Sunday. Jesus rides into Jerusalem for the mere fact of saving the lost, the Zacchaeuses of the world, those things that aren't considered very very worldly by others. But Jesus comes into Jerusalem riding not on a white war horse triumphantly, but on a beast of burden. For he came to seek and save the lost. For you and I, those the world doesn't consider much, but to Jesus we're worth much because he comes to save us. And the crowds in our church, we say, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Save us sinners. Be with us lost. Be with us. That's what we say. Reminds me of a live nativity scene I heard about in Minnesota. Have we ever done a live nativity scene at St. John's? When I was a director of Christian education and other churches, I always did a live nativity scene with live animals. We always did it Christmas Eve, and, and people would appreciate that. I know there's some churches around here. I think there's a church in Archbold that does a live nativity scene. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, the church in Minnesota, Lutheran Church in Minnesota, decided to do it right. And they brought in a lot of animals. And it was a live nativity scene, great fanfare. And they brought in literally dozens of sheep. They wanted to do it right. And they set them a pen around uh, the stable and the manger. However, whoever set that up, that fence up, it wasn't designed very well. And a number of sheep got loose. Okay, and they were in the church parking lot and they went to the neighbor's house and went across the street to a hardware store and went down a couple of sheep were in the parking lot of a grocery store and the people from Lime Nativity scene, Mary and Joseph and everybody had to come out to help round up the sheep and even people who worked at those stores and neighbors came out to make sure all the sheep got what? Put back into the pens and then someone redesigned the fence to be much safer and better. I think that's a good picture of our church. Because Jesus cares for all, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the brother who humiliates his family, and he brings us back into his fold. It was a wonderful picture of what the church does. We bring lost sheep back into the fold of Jesus Christ because they're worthy because of what he did for them. You see, sometimes, even though we shout Hosanna, we can lose our Hosanna center. We lose what we're about. What we're really about is bringing lost sheep back into the fold. We're really about bringing back in the wandering. Our ministries are always about bringing back people to Jesus. We can lose that. We are here to find who? Lost sheep. Mere fact that we're here today, there's lost sheep who come in here. Our ministries, our school, our cross-training, all of our ministries are ultimately designed that lost sheep might find their way here. That those the world might not consider much, they're worth everything to Jesus because because he gave his life and death for them. The Apostles' Creed, the the article of the, the second article of the Apostles' Creed, the explanation, he bought us not with silver or gold, but with his own precious blood and his suffering and death. We are ultimately here to bring in what? Lost sheep. Those not considered valuable by the world, because once again, One man's junk is another man's treasure. And what happens when just one person repents? When one person says, I believe, yes, you are the son of David, Hosanna to you. You came in Palm Sunday to be crucified, 
on Good Friday and rise again. Where one person believes that, there's great rejoicing in all of heaven. So we're here to celebrate those lost sheep. That's what we're about. The parable of the lost sheep, what the world considers worthless, Jesus considers everything. And that is what we're here for. Because we're all lost sheep who Jesus has found. What a blessing that is. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you read it with me? I am Jesus' little lamb, ever glad at heart I am. For my shepherd gently guides me, knows my need and well provides me, loves me every day the same, even calls me by my name, even calls me by my name. And all God's people say, Amen.